0: My felony has a first name, it's D-A-V-E. My felony has a second name, it's A H S O K A T A N O V J E D I
1: Oh, that's awful, I love it.
0: <laughs> well, Ruli didn't laugh, I think, <laughs> I think I failed.
2: I- I, I think it's too- it's, it's, it's a Star Wars joke that I don't get, isn't it? I, it's probably all on me. I'm sure it was magnificent.
0: <laughs> Today I learned Ruli does not spell either. <laughs>
2: I can't, Tom, we, we've established this very well, that I can't spell to save my life.
1: That's why we have spell checkers. Like computers, we offloaded the task of spelling to computers in the 90s. Nobody has to spell anymore. Time's up. Let's do this.
0: I'm ready. I'm not ready. Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Tuesday december 15th 2020 had to check the date there we are your hosts on the zach mayor while torres a what's a jedi thing? i was gonna say like I, uh, may the force be with you gentlemen this is the way this is the way gentlemen say this is the way this I is the way. the way <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh. and this dear listener is qq the qq review of the mandalorian i'm sorry i'm sorry Disney's Star Wars The Mandalorian, executive produced by Marvel's John Favreau, and now with Dave Filoni, uh, season two, episodes one through maybe five, maybe we're not gonna break this even, I don't know, this is, it, it's not even a joke, there's so many prefixes, it's just, it, it's the fucking first five episodes of The Mandalorian, we're gonna kick you review the first five episodes of The Mandalorian, how does that sound, gentlemen?
2: <laughs> Yay. Sounds good.
0: All right. So, uh, just to recap, we all really liked Season 1, correct? Yes. Yeah. Did,
2: did we Yo. all give it
0: zero cues, I think? I'm pretty sure I gave it zero. I didn't re-listen to that podcast.
2: I'm pretty sure really I gave it zero it. for reasons that, if I recall, it was like, because it didn't feel too Star Wars-y. I didn't know how to know, know anything about Star Wars to enjoy it. Um, that's going to be key for my review.
0: Yes. Okay. too. So uh, we can dis- we can discuss that because that's an interesting topic. But let's start at the beginning, i.e., Chapter Nine, The Marshall, uh, written and directed by John Favreau. So, uh, gentlemen, what did we think of? Oh, by the way, spoilers, dear listener, spoilers. Sorry if you haven't watched it. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, what did you what you guys think of uh, The Marshall?
2: The Marshall of the other episode which was kind of the was it the gunslinger one which is basically like hey shows up to a town has to do a task to defend the villagers to get some type of loot and very contained totally dig it i I like that type of stuff just because it's just that's anyone can enjoy it yeah the the
0: gunslinger i think was actually the other one that was on tatooine where he just hunts a guy down uh but you're referring to like the the seven samurai one that was directed by um uh bryce dallas howard yes very reminiscent yeah, the one, the of those two episodes okay.
2: yes and you know, it was it was within the yeah but you, but you get the gist of it right it's it's i like those little self-contained you could like you, you don't even have to know anything about any, anything that's going on to enjoy it and it was it was pretty cool
0: yeah no um not the punchiest of starts for season two i think i i know some other people who complained that it it felt bare bones but actually i i think <laughs> not one of the, the strengths...
2: punchiest of starts <laughs> who says that and why i, no, I,
0: I have friends that did um I uh, I agree with your assessment. Really, I enjoyed the episode. Um, I think one of Favreau's strengths is just a kind of establishing and keeping tone. And I think this is, starting out season two with this episode, it very much picks up right where season one left off, even tonally. Um, where it's like, okay, we're going to go back to fucking Tatooine, which I wasn't that excited about. We're going to have a fake out about Boba Fett with Timothy Oliphant, which, okay, it's a little bit of fan service. And then, yes, we're going to save the town and, of course, is going to pull it out in the ending. Um, and so it was, again, just very reminiscent of season one. Uh, not very distinct or unique. You wouldn't think of this and go, that was definitely season two. Um, but I think that was the right foot to start on. So I think this is probably one of the weaker episodes, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Zach?
1: Um, I'm trying to get back into the headspace of episode one because this was like six or seven weeks ago um
2: back in october of 2020
1: that was that was a lifetime ago in 2020 time uh this is the one where he meets timothy oliphant right
0: yes okay they fight the crate dragon
1: right 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 and it started out with them trying to track down the dude and just like go on a manhunt for this oh the only mandalorian i know is on tatooine uh, Mos pelgo, yeah, okay, so I love Timothy Olyphant. I love the way that he plays the marshal of this tiny little town, and I dig so much the wild west like uh what is it what's the what the term Not, like Kittiguri or something it that that style that he's uh, this whole show has been cultivating. In a lot of these episodes Mm -hmm. of just like this this old western feel um you know the good guys the bad guys the lawmen the you know fights everything that goes along with it. all the
2: archetypes of all the spaghetti western stuff absolutely
1: it has all of them like this this was this was a few dollars more with laser weapons and i love it (laughs) um yeah, no, it's 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 good. Uh the payoff though was definitely the Krayt dragon and they did such a good job with it.
2: Yeah, and I'm just and going to cool. say
1: they did such a good job with it and hope that somebody will either disagree with me or agree with me.
2: Well, I mean, oh, I disagree with what Tom's friends said. Your Tom, your friends are horrible, Tom. <laughs> um, how, like how there's no action? like they they blow up No, a no, I, didn't say no action. Like,
0: I didn't say there's no action. It's just it's not like, oh, we're going to out with some it's the kickoff of a new season. There's going to be a revelation or a character shakeup or change the dynamic. No, it was like, very much, this is just an episode straight out of season one. And To me, again, that is setting the pace correctly. Um, I like that and play it as a strength. But if you were yeah. expecting something so, punchy to declare, it's season two! Uh, season you don't get two,
2: there. baby. Where's Punchy yeah. at?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I have um, to no. go.
2: My planet needs me. So I, I will say, there was one thing I didn't like, and At first, I thought it was really, really weird, but afterwards, I kind of felt like it was very, very intentional. Um, So, I really disliked how they made a big deal about the acid spit, because they're like, everyone's melting, everyone's melting, but no, not not our dear buddy Mando. He can totally go into the monster, stay there for like 20 minutes, and come out victorious. Like 20 Uh, seconds,
0: but yes, because the Beskar armor is fucking magic.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I know, and I, I was—I—I I, I was dealing with the um, suspension of disbelief problem. And what I convinced myself of is, if they can build the armor, I guess maybe he has like meshy clothes that is made of the berserker metal or whatever. So he has like meshy things. So it's just like it's not just the—it's uh, not just the uh, lightsaber reflecting armor, but it's also his his clothes too. Meshy so he's totally things. Yeah. So,
1: so Kevlon, I think Star Wars
2: berserker stuff.
1: Star Wars nerds have done a lot of justification around this, and this is true of everything that Star Wars has ever done that's even a little bit inconsistent. Like, there's always some (laughs) roundabout conspiracy theory, like, yarn on a board, kind of, how do you get around this? Uh, The most convincing to me was that the, um, the acid that the thing spits comes from glands in its mouth, and once you get past those glands, it can't acidify you. Once you're already like down its throat,
0: Zach has been putting some but, thought into this. <laughs> I'm just
1: saying. I'm just saying. Like, the, yes, you, it it struck me too. Like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Thinking about it a little bit, let me kind of gloss over that. But it was still a cool way to like. Okay, the thing's basically invulnerable from the outside, so you got to get inside to kill it. Like, it was. It, it was. Yeah. It, it was extra. It was very, very extra. But it was extra in a fun way. And you get to see a big ass crate pearl at the end, and that's always fun.
0: Yep, and then of course it ends with um uh Mando being watched by a scarred Boba Fett, which uh in the episodes I've watched has yet to pay off. But the spoilers um,
2: what? Oh, oh, it'll pay off. Go watch go watch more. It's so so hard to stop Shut up. But, oh. shut up. Oh.
0: We're only spoiling the episodes we talk about. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh. That's okay. Yeah. um, This is a good opportunity to point out, you know, Ruli, really, I think you're going to start talking about lore later. And I, I like that the Mandalorian is more and more willing to dip its, you know, uh, dip its toes into lore, but that it doesn't, I don't feel focus on it. So, like, you see Boba Fett, but then the story was about Mando, it wasn't Boba Fett. And then we're going to see more stuff in the next episodes where, again, like, the story is not about the other things. It's still Mando. But I guess
2: you you know because you knew who that was because I guess you knew because I didn't have any clue who it was.
0: Yeah, I knew who it was. I mean,
1: I recognized him from the prequels. Like they did a pretty good job with his makeup. He looks like an old stormtrooper. Yep. Um, and that's that's exactly what that's exactly what I imagined Boba Fett would look like after seeing the prequel movies. It's like, oh shit, this guy has been around for. A while at that point, and yeah, he's just like the, the, the clone troopers were made to age faster than regular people, so they all kind of died off after 20 30 years. Uh, then you have this dude who was an unaltered clone again, prequels, who's just hanging out for the next like 30 years after that. So, this dude, by the time we're seeing him, even in this, is 60 plus um that's yeah, pretty good yeah they did a great job with his with his character uh makeup and it is a different actor from the dude who played the stormtroopers in the prequels um and the original boba fett who never had a face reveal so but no i thought i thought it
0: was the no you said it is the same actor as the prequels yes uh pretty sure it's a different one i could have swore it was the same one i'll have to double check they did a really
1: good job with the makeup is what i'm yeah. saying no okay um, uh, Of course, I only say that because I recently saw something on Reddit that was like three generations of Boba Fett and it's the actors, like three actors of Boba Fett. So I assumed the new one was from The Mandalorian.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, cool. anyway, Um, Do we want to give each episode a QQ rating? Because we usually do that. Um, maybe,
1: you know, just to keep things going, maybe we just do a QQ rating for the first half.
0: Sold,
2: um, ship it. Keep cool. this train moving.
0: Chapter 10, The Passenger. Uh, the Mandalorian agrees to take a frog lady on a sub light uh trip. I jinx ensue. Ruli, really? what'd you think of The Passenger?
2: Ice spiders. Somebody, oh, ice spiders. Oh, dear
0: fucking god. That was... Oh, you guys know I'm like a mild arachnophobe. That was...
2: <laughs> whew. Um, I, I really love this episode. Just ice spiders all the way. Just... It's... Was had lots of cool surprises, lots of high stakes. Baby Yoda being a mischievous, horrible person eating babies. Uh, literally, but, oh, well, <laughs> literally eating babies. Um, yeah, no, I I liked it. It's, I mean, it was. I would say it's a little slow just because of. All the stuff they're doing to keep the story going, all the narrative stuff, just you know, to, his MacGuffin keeps changing, and now his MacGuffin is now a super slow thing, just so he can go talk to someone else about the other Mandalorian because apparently they're the hardest people to find in the universe, but everyone knows where they're at. Um, so the, the the glue to keeping everything together was it was fine, but uh, just ice spiders all the way.
0: Yep, you know, it's just it's it's an effective glue job, right? It's not like bubblegum gum and uh, duct tape, popsicle sticks, like. They just they, they took some super glue and they super glued it together. And that's fine. It's one of the things I like about The Mandalorian is they're not trying to be super clever. They're not trying to be super over the top. They're just like, you know, we wrote a story. It's simple. He needs to talk to a person. He finds them they tell him where to go. And he, they find them and he just do a side quest. Like, it's simple. It's straightforward. I never have to wonder, why the fuck is a character doing the thing they're doing? Like, it makes sense. And I cannot applaud it enough for that. Strong contrast to the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy, really. Yeah,
1: uh, the ice fighters were fantastic. I really liked the opener with the bandits. Um, yeah, the guys like holding the child with a knife and threatening him, and Mando offers the jetpack in exchange, oh, yeah, and then he, so he, yeah and then he gets the jetpack back. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, no, you're still a bounty hunter.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, the jetpack scene was great, and I like that he puts Baby Yoda first before anything else, which again is is character showing about character, not just having fun with the the fight scenes. Uh, yeah, the jetpack sure. was great,
1: <laughs> for sure. Um, there was a little bit of controversy for this one that I read about uh, after the fact. Um, Baby Yoda eats a lot of those eggs.
0: Yes, Dark Yoda. Yeah,
1: it's it was it was a little yet dark. Um, But I mean, if I'm just, it's it's hard to put a huge amount of significance on it for me personally. But I can understand why somebody with different life experience would. So acknowledging it is the best that I can do. But I can't really speak to any of that controversy personally.
2: Yeah, it's funny because I, I saw the same thing too and I was kind of surprised by it and then I saw it and then I mean it, like, the, the best way I could classify it is mischievous right because it's just like you know we're I I make my two eggs for breakfast every day and don't bat an eye about that um, but I don't, also I'm not taking a chicken across the galaxy to not to have her eggs fertilized or something so <laughs> something oh, insane, but I, I love eggs so um <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the chicken doesn't care about continuing its particular
0: bloodline, so... I, the only thing that was weird to me about that, I didn't mind the Baby Yoda eating the eggs thing, uh, for the reason really just said. The thing that was weird to me was like, man, this, this mother is uh, really quite a negligent parent. She's like, I must take my brood across the galaxy, but I'm just going to leave this bucket without uh, without a lock on it, just sitting on the floor over here in the corner. Don't, don't mind it. I was like, that.
2: Yeah, that's that's, just, that's honestly one of the other things about too. It's just like like for as a person who is having their their other child, a second child going through, it's just like you you lock this your place down. Like we we've got like rubber bumpers on everything, child locks on stuff. It's just like if this is your most prized possession, you're gonna put a three dollar combination lock on it, so some <laughs> doofers, right? do for do isn't going open it up. So, uh,
1: sure, sure, hundred uh, percent. I think it was less about the actions of the particular characters and more why have that be a like it was almost a running joke Mm -hmm. in the show and it was written to be either really funny or really dark or both and that's a questionable like writer's choice Mm -hmm. but again like i can't really speak to it personally all i can do is acknowledge it and it's worth acknowledging, at least. Yeah.
2: So. Now, now, everything is running as a blur together, but was it in the previous episode or the episode before that he was at sc- uh, they left uh, Baby Yoda at school?
0: Uh, no, oh. that's, the, that's like two episodes away.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: So, yeah, a couple more comments to, to make on um, Chapter 10, The Passenger. There, there are so many little moments in this episode that I absolutely love. And they are these pristine, shiny examples of why The Mandalorian is a, is a good show to me. Um, and it's the little things. When the uh, frog lady, you know, grabs her clothes with a tongue grab, or then later on when she runs like a frog, which is a huge Chrono Trigger fan, I was like, yay, we're seeing a frog run! Um it's those little things that make the universe and the characters feel. They don't feel like a Muppet anymore. They feel like, oh, my God, they actually thought this character through. The the little moment where Mando's getting, you know, quote, unquote, pulled over by the police, um, by the X-Wings, and they're, like, running his ID. And all of a sudden, the, the asphalts lock into attack positions, and he just looks over at them. <laughs> um, and it's just subtle, and they don't do any, like, grand reveal, and there's no musical sting, just, you know the asphalt's open, and you just know what that means. Uh, It was very reminiscent of, like, Iron Man um, flying with the jet fighters in the first Iron Man movie, just so Favreau. But it's those little simple attention-to-detail moments um, that, again, I just think make Mandalorian a great show, and the complete subversion where you think he's going to take off in the ship, and then the giant fucking spider lands on him and fucking wrecks the ship. Um, There's just so many wonderful moments in this episode that I was just digging. Just despite hating the spiders, despite kind of being weirded out by the mom leaving the eggs behind, um, despite it being you know effectively a filler serial, I mean a, a filler episodic episode, like there's just so many great moments that that are what makes Mando a good show.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. The attention to detail overall has been awesome. One of my favorite details. Uh, have you guys watched Kim's Convenience? Right seen that? Um, so Paul' son. I'm going to butcher his name. Paul Sun-Hyung Lee um, is a Korean-Canadian actor who is a show or a front runner, whatever, star of Kim's Convenience, which is just a serial comedy show. It's a sitcom um, in Canada. And I think it's on Netflix now if you want to watch it. It's legit funny. It's good. Um, and Paul himself is great in that. But he's also been a massive star wars fan for a long long time he's canada's grandpa so a very popular actor in canada and he was one of the x-wing pilots he shows up in another episode uh in you know one or two down the road in this series air er, in the season and i am just so pleased with the well first the fact that he's in it and the fact that i recognized him as like he's 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 oppa uh <laughs> he's he's the father of this family that runs a convenience store. Uh, it, that that was that was fun for me personally, but yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, and, and these are. I mean, we're gonna talk about it maybe with the the Disney news later. Is um like we there are two backdoor pilots in this season already, and he is clearly part of one of them. Um, yep. Well, cool. well, moving on to chapter eleven, the heiress. So we get to the uh, the Mon Calmari like water planet. Uh, and we, we go, our Pirating! Both literally and metaphorically. truly, um, what'd you think of The Heiress?
2: Okay. okay, it's gonna be a long story. Oh um, shit,
0: I should've so... asked Zach. I take it back.
2: <laughs> okay, so, uh, when I was catching up with this, I was watching it with my daughter Sophia... And she refers to this as the baby Yoda show. Um, the only thing that I remember from this episode is having to calm her down because she was so terrified that baby Yoda was gonna die um the action uh-huh. scene on the boat where the uh where they uh where he, like they uh kick baby Yoda in that little um pit thingy and then yeah. the yeah. the uh, fish eats him that was pretty good and I was just cracking up with my daughter but uh, it's pretty funny how like everyone is so attached to him and I can imagine everyone was like, oh no save baby Yoda Um, I think that was the only thing that that really stuck out to me Uh, what I liked and then um, this is where there's a little bit more like I feel like it's like um, I was seeing a bunch of tweets talking about how hey, this is now starting to pay off of, like, the Clone Wars or some other animated series, because apparently all those other Mandalorian people are part of that series, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh no, I'm starting to get these these vibes of, like, I need to know more Star Wars stuff to get an enjoyment of what's going on, because I clearly have no clue who but these did, people are.
0: Did you feel like you needed to enjoy it? Like, did you not enjoy the, the episode regardless of knowing the Mandalore backstory kind of thing?
2: I mean, I... I enjoyed it, but it, it's it's like I'm starting to get those little inklings of like there's going to be a lot more references, I think. Like things are going to start connecting to other stuff. And like it's, it's, it's still going to be enjoyable independently on its own, but it's just like I'm starting to see little things here, here and there. See, so, we're, um,
0: we're actually quite aligned on this. I, I am enjoying the inklings because I am an extended universe nerd and despite having not watched the shows of, of, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, I know a lot of the success stuff, but I, specifically like that you you do not require it that they do not focus the episode on it um so it's actually funny because I, I think we're seeing the same thing and I'm enjoying it because they're not they're not going all in and completely immersing themselves in it they're showing restraint and following mando and so to me that's great to me that's like nailing the balance that I want to see um
1: well they they do a good job throughout this see this this whole series and in this one in particular of showing without telling and bo katan uh the character the, the the mandalorian woman uh with the boob armor uh katie sackoff
0: she's a fracking cylon
1: she's a fracking cylon uh now her 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 portrayal of that character is spot on first of all and having watched the Clone Wars and Rebels series, um, and knowing who the character Bo Katan is from those, it's just completely fluid. Like she does a great job picking up that that mantle where it was left off from the animated series. And there is, I, I can imagine, you know, the inklings that you're talking about is a little bit of FOMO. Like there's this this undercurrent of significance that you don't quite that you you pick up on like something about this is significant but you don't know what it is and that extra bit of mystery Mm. is a lot of fun i imagine i don't have that and i'm enjoying it for a different reason seeing bo katan in this episode was fantastic because her character and what that character has done in other series and her whole arc now kind of catching up and intersecting with the mandalorians plot is just a huge amount of fan service to me um it it was it was a lot of fun to watch
0: So again i I, I don't even know that specific character i just know some of the backstory
2: so i i have a question about this episode too though because what kind of threw me off though was like i don't understand how much they needed him to take over that ship because it kind of seemed like they had their act together and they could (laughs) have done it on their own So it kind of seemed a little weird, too, from a plot device thing of like, oh, hey, here are these other people. You found them. They're badass. Um, But we need you to do this thing to give you what you want. I don't know. Yeah, they
0: were literally getting an extra hired gun and increasing their forces by 33 percent for the sake of literally, you know, saying a sentence. I I think it's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a low cost, high reward sort of a situation, and he wasn't going to take any of the cut of that job if you want to frame it in those terms so yeah free help <laughs> why turn it down
2: yeah probably you that
0: yeah there, there was a bunch of fun action in this episode that i enjoyed um the uh again learning a, the, a little bit of backstory about like you know the sect of mandalore that mando follows is, is considered fringe was was interesting fun world building um uh, the, was was this...
2: that hinted out at season one, or was that just like random like internet chatter I've seen?
0: I'm not sure, actually. Eh, a
1: little bit. Like, there, Mandalorians are weird in how much lore there is, both expressed and not expressed. Um, it makes them a cool chunk of the Star Wars universe to play with. I imagine, like, either you're in books or in. TV shows like this one. Retcon um, is the way. Well, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But there's a lot of like political complexity to them that isn't really explored anywhere. And the idea that there are it, it, beyond like, broad strokes concepts, like Mandalore used to be a war-torn place. They unified under a monarchy. That monarchy was uh, betrayed in an insurrection. At one point, and this is spoilers if you're you're really like super into or, or haven't watched any of the the Clone Wars stuff. Um, it, it, ultimately Mandalor monarchy is overthrown by Darth Maul, <laughs> and there are factions Light on both sides of that. Um, uh, Darth Maul showed up in Solo, a Star Wars story in the Stinger, by the way. So we're probably going to talk about that here in a minute when we talk about the Disney <laughs> plus stuff, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a neat, it's a neat culture to jump into a lot of unexplored stories. Um, yeah, it's good stuff.
0: Yep. Um. Last two things to point out about this episode is uh, I thought it looked amazing. Like, don't get me wrong, all the episodes look great in this show, but uh, the, the water, the ports, the jacking up the ships, the being on the boats, the fighting like on the Imperial ship uh, just I don't know why. I just thought this, this particular episode looked amazing, it had a lot of diversity. The Mon Calmari looked amazing, everything looked amazing to me in this episode. Um, and the last thing is another one of those little details that I just God, it's the little details that I fucking love in the show. Uh, when Mando jumps off the ship at the end, he jumps off like he he exits a door and just jumps off the ship, and he only uses his hands. He doesn't use his feet to hop over a guardrail or anything else, because of course he's gonna fall face first. But you know, if a normal actor were doing this or you weren't paying attention to detail, people would usually jump with their feet. It's what people do. You want to go foot first. He jumps off and uses the uh, hits his hands on the rails and doesn't use his feet. And that little attention to detail—that's the kind of nerd that I am. <laughs> I just love that detail. Um, um that's a good catch.
2: Gi- ginormous detail. Um I saw this one in, on on the Twitter feeds talking about it. Um but the uh the whole entry reentry scene, uh total homage to Apollo thirteen. Um if you haven't seen any of this the shot by shot comparison things, I highly recommend it.
0: Oh no, I haven't. I and here I thought it was uh an homage to a recent SpaceX landing. Dun, dun, dun. Nope.
2: nope. The, the whole the that's whole title of that is uh Bryce Howard is Ron Howard's daughter, so...
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. It is directed by her. I didn't even... Hmm. I wouldn't have put those two together. There you go. Well, cool. Uh, moving on to Chapter 12, The Siege. Uh, Mando reunites with Kara Dune and Grief Karga. I don't know why I switched accents there um, to Siege, a thing. Let's, uh, let's change it up. Zach, what you think of this episode?
1: So let's see. This is the one where they are infiltrating that facility on the uh, Navarro planet, right?
2: Mm-hmm. The, the lava yeah. level, right? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Exactly the lava lava level. Level. Level.
1: Everybody's got to have a lava level. La-la-la-la-la. Uh, uh Let's see. So let's. Uh, so we get Caradoon Dur- Cara back, which is awesome love her so much. Uh and we get uh what's his name? Um the Carl Weathers. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Carl Weathers. Also awesome, but Caradoon's... Caradoon Bay. Um yeah, no this one was a lot of fun. I liked that they blackmailed the dude into being the driver. Uh I liked that uh Mando got to use his jetpack to get around the stuck elevator. Um there was the cool reveal with the tanks of creatures uh that the that they had in the the facility it's like oh shit empire's still doing secret (laughs) semi quasi weirdly probably totally unethical research um yeah uh they got a reference to the m counts Oh, I, I, I didn't know what to think about that. I was half
0: eye roll, half okay, at least they didn't say the word midi chlorian.
1: I know, it's it's like, okay, fine, I guess it's canon, but we're going to be as oblique about like, it as we possibly can. Yeah, like
0: seriously, I was thinking to myself, if you have to say that and reference it, that is probably the best way to say it.
1: Absolutely. Um so yeah, no, I mean the uh the running and gunning was great. Um I don't remember this one as vividly as the rest though so i don't know if this was just because it was sort of more of the same which is not a bad thing uh or if it was just kind of a lower point in the season compared to the other episodes which is not a complaint uh just means the other episodes are even more awesome and if this is the low bar good
0: golly also mando disappears for like you know uh a fourth of the episode at the end when he flies off to get baby Yoda. So True.
2: yeah. Well I think the other tough part though is like like Zach, are you caught up all the way to where they have out already?
1: Uh I believe I am up to date, yes.
2: Yeah, it, it seems like from a like from the McGuffin thing to do sa- standpoint, it seems very similar to episode fifteen. And I think that's where I'm kinda like when I saw this episode the first time it was good, but I feel like it's done a little bit better in another episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I buy that. Uh absolutely. Um yeah, this is we need information where you got to infiltrate this facility to get it and they did a good job. Like I enjoyed the the ride. Um it definitely feels like um uh, if I was in an RPG and especially an RPG that I've been playing mm-hmm. recently, this feels like a side job. Um more so than some of the others. And it's still like Yes, it's central to moving the plot along. They still need the information. They've got to get it somehow. Okay, but the entire thing could probably be watched on its own as just like uh, it what was. What was the episode in season one where they um, uh, they do the job to pull the the dudes off the prison ship? Yeah, that heist uh, one. I yeah. forget the name of it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's it's a heist. It's a heist episode, and that's fine by me.
2: Yeah, and, and I think the only thing that this does that that. In hindsight, it's nice to know, but I guess when you're watching it, it, it kind of, like, it raises the stakes when events happen to know that, hey, like, they're doing all these crazy experiments. I mean, that's that's was kind of established with, like, episode two, right, when they're laser-beaming Baby Yoda. But, like, I think this kind of ups it a little bit more we you're just like, hey, it's not just, like, what they're going to do. They're, they're mm-hmm. just going to steal Baby Yoda's blood. Like, that's just, like, ooh, scary. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- this does uh, reintroduce that like the threat from season one is not over. And that's this, this yeah. episode's primary thing. It's a backdoor pilot for, again, another Star Wars show, which we'll talk about later. And it you know makes sure the threat is, is established to never have actually gone away after season one. Uh, outside of that, the, the thing that I would, again, uh, I, I agree with you guys, this is not the strongest episode of the season, not by a long shot, but it was very enjoyable. The thing I would really uh, shout out, Zach, I liked all the little highlights you were saying, but I will say that the, the escape... When they are trying to flee the facility, there is a lot of genuinely good tension there. When Mando's off screen and you don't know if he's going to found Baby Yoda or not, when they're trying to outrun the uh, the speeder bikes and they have the speeder bikes jump off the cliff to go get them, which was an amazingly cool shot. Outrunning the TIE fighters in a little dogfight, there's a lot of great tension uh, in action at the end of this episode that I I want to just kind of salute because I think it's really good. in the episode up to up until then, which is kind of okay, uh, but that I thought was actually really well done.
2: Yeah. yeah so watching. I think, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I, for for me, it's it's kind of weird because like, um, given the digital age we live in, it's just like you you're like you're binging it or you're watching it uh, episodically. And I binged the first four episodes together. So once I kind of got to this one, I was kind of burnt out on it. I Kind of wonder if like if I was watching it like every week, I might have had a different reaction to it because it, like yeah, all the stuff you're 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 saying like I vividly remember and it was all pretty cool. But I think I was kind of like. Like, this, this is enough storage for today. I've, I'm have i all caught up. I can talk about it for the podcast. My homework's done. I'm good. Let's let's, let's keep... I'm done. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, this was the episode where Yoda, Baby Yoda, was put into school.
2: Yes.
0: Oh, yes, with oh. the cookies, which was... God damn adorable.
2: At, at least they are making that gimmick of, like, hungry kid looking for food all the time type thing, which they've been doing all the time. It's just, like, the whole, like, uh, I remember, like, everyone, like, it seemed like the tipping point for people following in love with, with baby Yoda was like him eating soup. Right. So just like, like going back to that other episode, he's, he's a hungry dude. Like that's, that's kind of the trope that's been established as his personality type. He's yep. going to eat something all the time. So it just like, I, I felt like the egg eating was less out of character. Cause like, that's literally what they're doing. Like he's, he's stealing from children, right? Like no, no one's complaining <laughs> that he, he stole from this poor child taking his cookies from him. Like there was an uproar about that, but like, it's, it's, it's it's, it's, that's his that's who he is he's, yeah him doing cool the roller
0: coaster thing with the cookies and then throwing up was all goddamn golden amazing hilarious <laughs> adorable
1: absolutely um the, the i think honestly the highlight the thing that i remember most from this episode well two things first the easy one the dogfight fight with the tie fighters getting to see the razor crest just go full ham after being repaired was a lot of fun um and that ship is hot garbage watching the mandalorian you know manipulate it the way that he does was satisfying it didn't look easy uh that's what it but he looked like he was in control of his vehicle the entire time like he clearly has a, a solid connection and a knowledge of his tools which is in line with his character and that's fun but um the thing the thing from this episode that i was the most excited to see uh was at the very very end where gideon's in his like chamber room whatever uh and you see the the dark troopers um those haven't shown up anywhere besides dark forces from like 1995
0: Ah, uh, see, I, could, I couldn't tell what those were, so I didn't actually know. It's another example of, I, I didn't know, but I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah,
1: no, they're super-duper super, super duper cool. Um, the Dark Troopers may or may not have anything to do with the um, the things in the tanks that they saw a little bit earlier in the episode, but um, they're, they're nuts, and you see them, you'll see them later. You haven't quite gotten there, Tom, but they do show up. That is not it's definitely a Chekhov's gun kind of a thing. But, um, yeah, no, that was that was super cool to me, because Dark Troopers deserve more screen time. They are very cool, very, very formidable enemies, and I want to see more of them.
0: We shall find out. All right, so uh, that brings us all the way to... That was the first half of Season 1. Gentlemen, do you want to do one more, or do you want to cut to news?
1: You know... I really, really want to talk about the next episode, but I would be fine waiting until we do the last half of the season to do it.
2: I can, but I'm going to show you my little my little thingy that I've been sitting on and laughing about every moment.
1: Channel, Link to yoplay.com. <laughs> Go-gurt.
2: That's that's all I can think of ever since episode thirteen. Like that's that's who he is to me now. Like it's baby, and I I've, we can save it for the other one. But I'm so amazed that we know his name and he's freaking baby Yoda, and that just it just because his name is just. Oh, I'll, I'll save the rest of it for later on.
1: Yep, yep, there.
0: All right, dear listener, uh, we're going to record a double header tonight, which means we're going to end this episode. Dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Come back next—I don't know—weekday. I'll put these up back to back. Who gives a shit to talk about? stuff spoilers ahead it's it's news it's star wars news. plus plus with whatever zach Ruly, thanks again i can't wait to talk about the back half of mandalorian oh we did we did the ratings oh fuck we did the ratings so thus far season two how many cues uh would you give season two of the mandalorian
1: straight up zero it's fun it's more fun than the first one
2: Zero. I've been I've been happy with it. I enjoyed it.
0: Correct. Also zero. I, again, it's not perfect. Uh, but it's not supposed to be. It doesn't have to be. And even its flaws, like the simplicity, is is are its strengths. It's uh, it's it's held up since season one. I gotta say, like I was afraid they would just go over the top or go all in on certain things, and they haven't. And so we'll see with the back half of season two if they get a little too lore he- heavy or dense. But uh, I'm I I'm totally with you guys. Zero cues for the first half of Mandalorian season two. All right, cool. Zach Rooley, thanks again. Uh, dear listener, until next time. but I got nothing thank witty you. here. I just got QQ. It's trying to do a Baby Yoda thing, but eh. Live thank long Q-Q. and Q-Q. prosper. <laughs> the end is coming! Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. If you like what you hear, check out our website at qq-cast.com. We have multiple types of podcasts, quests, news, reviews, and our choose-your-own-adventure podcast, The QQ Adventure. That website, again, is qq-cast.com. Now, please remember that all views and opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them, not of their friends and family, not of their co-workers or co-hosts, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality.